We are going old school with this arcade stuff because my kids, quite frankly, they can't even relate. They think they know video games because of the video games that uh, they play, you know, in, in their world. And like they, the little PSP deal, that whole thing, it's like they didn't realize that you had to have like big units to play games. Back in the day, I mean, games like Frogger, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, Pong, Contra, Tetris. I mean, my kids, they don't even know. So you guys, today we are starting part one of this four-part series that we're calling Arcade. And we are going old school. You know, it's funny because as we've been um, talking about this series over the last few weeks with people and I'm telling them we're getting ready to launch this series and stuff. You know what the craziest thing is? So many people can remember the sound effects or the music from, from different games. And so, like, I'll bring up a game, you know, and people will start singing the music or they'll, or they'll make the sound. Like, do you remember the, the song for Pac-Man? Remember that? Anybody? Come on, somebody, please. Yes! I knew you were out there! Totally. Well, you know what? See, these video games, for so many of us, they like shaped our lives. Like, I can remember my buddy's living room that we used to sit on his fort and we, with our Ataris. Remember when video games were like Ataris, Commodore 64, Intellivision, and then there's the Nintendo, the original NES. Remember that? Okay, so I can remember, I mean, these video games, they shaped our lives in some way. Well, we are starting this four-part series this morning, and the reason why is because um, as we study Scripture, we discover that, that Jesus had this idea, this overarching idea about the way we live our lives that I think Jesus hoped would shape our lives somehow. And, and the Apostle Paul actually hints at it a little bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. Look at this, look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. He, he, Paul is writing, and he says this. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? And of course, he's using the illustration there. He's talking about bread, but, but he says, Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole, the whole lump? What he's talking about is just a little bit of leaven, and I'm not a baker. I don't know much about baking. I know that if you go and you buy the roll of cookies and you cut them into slices and you put them on the sheet, you cook it 10 or 12 minutes, bam, you got cookies. And I don't understand how that works either, but a little bit of leaven will will affect the whole deal. Jesus echoed this, this idea as well in Matthew chapter 5, and this verse isn't on the screen this morning, but Jesus was talking during one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, He's got thousands of people listening to him on that day, and he says to them something to the effect of, you're the light of the world. You and I. We're the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. In other words, what Jesus was trying to say was, listen, you make an impact. Never underestimate the bigness of the impact that a small light can make in the midst of darkness. If we were to darken this room, which we're not going to do this morning, um, and then I were to shine just a small little pin light up here, it would pierce the darkness. And all through this room, that little pin light would make an impact 
in the darkness. And, and so, you guys, the whole heart of this series and where we're going with this whole, the whole thing for the next four weeks really stems from this idea because God, God's been doing a, a work in my heart, really convicting me, really challenging me in my heart about this idea of living missionally. And that might be a new, new term for many of us, this idea of, of living missionally, living on purpose, recognizing that our life is intended to, to be lived in interaction with, in connection to a lost and dying and hurting world around us. So every morning, uh, Sunday morning at 9.30, we have a production meeting which is where everybody in the worship team, everybody in our video sound team, everybody who, who is any part of making the auditorium happen, uh, we get together back here in what we call the green room. I, I think it's white, but we call it the green room. And, and for 10 or so minutes, 8 or 10 minutes, we talk through the order of service and we dialogue about transitions and what's this going to look like and how's this going to roll and we do all of these fun things. And then I share with them, you know, here's kind of the direction I'm headed with the message and um, what my cues are as far as the worship team and all of that. So I will take my notes that usually sit on this table and I'll take them back with me into the production meeting so that I can talk through with the production teams what's going on. Well, if, if I have to leave that production meeting too fast, I might not have my notes to this sermon. So, I need to go get my notes. Hang on. Here we go. Thank God they're here. Okay, here we go. So I knew I like had the whole introduction memorized, but beyond that, I'm like, where am I going? All right. So thank heavens we remembered the Nintendo, but we forgot the notes. Listen, there are priorities. So anyway, okay, said that, said that, said that. See, here's the thing. Maybe you could just make two copies of your notes, Matt. That'd be wasteful. Um. Man, it's all ruined now. (laughs) Okay. But see, the great thing is, when you listen to this message online, all of this can just be edited out. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. See, at Next Level Church, we believe that it is a reality that everybody spends eternity somewhere. We believe that that is a reality for every human being that walks the planet. We are firmly convinced that the Bible, this book, tells us that every human being will spend an eternity somewhere. And so we take this idea, we take this notion of living our lives missionally, living our lives with intentionality, we take this seriously. And unlike the video games of our youth that that come and go and are a fun memory, this idea of living missionally needs to be something that that gets down into the core of our being, into the core of who we are. Why? Because there is an eternity at stake 
for every single human being. That's why we sent a team last week to Columbia. Because we believe that there are people in that nation who need to hear the name of Jesus for the first time. And so these four weeks are designed around this idea of what it means for us to live our lives in a missional way. So this morning is week one, and we're playing Pac-Man, and that's pretty fun. And that's really cool, and I won, which is great. Um, But this morning, I want to talk about dealing with our ghosts. Because the whole point of Pac-Man is to score a lot of points. And, of course, when you eat the little pellets, you get points. And when you eat the power pellets, you get more points. But if you eat the power pellets and then you go eat the ghosts... You get like the most points. And that's how you win. And that's how like when we were little kids and they had the big arcade games at the roller rink. You put in a quarter and you play, you know. And there it is again. The whole deal, you know. The way you got your initials in the top 100 at the roller skating rink was to score the most points. And in order to do that, any good Pac-Man player knew, you got to get the ghosts. So this morning, week one of Arcade, we're talking about dealing with our ghosts. Because see, if we're going to live missional lives, then we have to understand that it starts with us. This idea of living missionally and intentionally with the world around us, it starts with us. I had an interesting thing happen to me a couple of weeks ago. We were at a children's conference in Atlanta called the Orange Conference, and I was privileged to be able to go up with Mike and Leanne Ash, who's our associate pastor, who was out here a minute or two ago. And uh, just a, a great, great time. We had some kids workers with them, David and Marcy Hendricks, who are doing a phenomenal job back in our elementary kids department. Vanessa Tyler was with us, and she works back in there as well. She and her husband, TJ. And then uh, Caleb and I, Caleb's our youth pastor, and I, we were able to go up and connect with our team up there and be a part of this children's ministry con- conference. And it was... Um, just a great, great time. And on Monday night, Steve Fee led worship. And Steve Fee is the guy who, who the song we sang, the first song we sang this morning, the worship team did, All Because of Jesus, I'm Alive, that song. He wrote that song, um, the song that was playing in the introduction to this arcade series. Uh, that The time is now. That song, that's Steve Fee. Um, and so he led worship at this conference. And on Monday night, like every song that we were singing at this conference was all about, uh, about this idea of living missionally and being the light of the world and reflecting the light of Jesus to the world around us. And you guys, I have to be honest with you. I got really, really convicted in my heart. And sitting there, at one point I, I just sat down during the worship and I just put my hands in my face. And I started reflecting on the question, Matt, where, where are you... Where are you living missionally in your life? I mean, bro, you work in a church. You guys, I get, I get paid to hang out with Christians all day, every day. So I come away from this, um, this Monday night and, and this, this worship is just... Impact. Matter of fact, the whole CD, the Steve Fee CD is just incredible. I started a blog. Did you guys see that in the bulletin? get an email about it this week. I started a blog, which is apparently some way that I can write my most current thoughts on random stuff, and people will enjoy reading that. So it's in your bulletin. MattKellerOnline.com is, is now the blog site of Matt Keller, which, ah, 
I don't know what all that means, but apparently I get to write random stuff, so I'll have fun with that. That'll be really cool. So anyway, I'm going to put some of this information about the Steve Fee CD on there, some links. You can download stuff and get, I think, a few free songs of his worship stuff. So if you're interested in that, check out my blog at mattkelleronline.com. Anyway, where am I? So Monday night, I met this I met this conference and just feeling so convicted in my heart about this idea of living missionally and knowing that we're coming into this series and just knowing that God's been working on this in me for for several weeks now. And then I kind of come to this place at this conference where I'm just like, yes, I mean, that's, I don't know, where am I living missionally? So the next morning, Tuesday morning, I get up at six and I go out on a prayer walk, which I, I do often. Um, and so I came out of the Hampton Inn and I, I walked down and I, I, I take it right. We're on kind of a busy street and there's a sidewalk. So I turn right and I'm walking down this hill and I'm just praying. I'm just processing this whole idea of just living missionally. And what does that mean? And what does that mean for me since I'm surrounded by nothing but Christians and my staff and just I meet with church people? And, you know, where's my light shining and that whole deal? And so I'm on this prayer walk at 6 a.m. And, and um, I felt like God started to speak to me. And I kind of like did this wrestling match thing in prayer with, with God. And maybe if you've been around Christianity for a while, you understand what I'm talking about. So I'm walking and I come up this hill and I get to this, this stoplight and I knew if I went straight that that led to like a Walgreens and more traffic and I didn't want to be around a lot of cars. So, so I look over to the right and, and I, there's like this overpass that goes over the interstate. I-275 there in Atlanta, this big over... And they had like this footbridge, this walkway across as well. And I'm like, oh, that'll be cool, great. So I turn right and I start walking across this footbridge and I'm standing there in the middle of, of this, over the top of like 10 lanes of traffic, and there's all of these cars going by, and I sense in my spirit that, that God says, Matt, you live in a lamp store. I've called you to be the light of the world, and you're like the first light people see in a lamp store with 500 other lamps. And I'm standing there watching all of this traffic go by underneath me. Thousands of people go by. And I'm standing there with this heaviness in my heart going, Matt, where are you shining a light to every person who's going to spend eternity somewhere? And I'm just, I'm just I'm wrestling with this idea because I'm, I'm so convicted that I've become insulated to lost people. So I finish walking across the interstate there, and I get to the other side, and there's this, another access road, like the road that my hotel was on. So I get there, and I'm at the top of this hill, because in Atlanta they have hills. If you don't know what hills are, if you've been born and raised in southwest Florida, you go across like the Cape Coral Bridge. It's kind of like that, only it's like God made. It's sweet. So I get to the top of this hill, and I turn and I look down the hill, and I've got this whole thing going on, this wrestling match thing inside of me, that I live in a lamp store, and that my light doesn't shine anywhere. And I turn and I look, and, and this is actually what I see. This is a picture, I don't know if you can see it very well. And notice that the sidewalk disappears. So I'm standing at the top of the hill, 6-something a.m. in the morning, and I look down and I, and I see this road, and I'm going to turn, because I'm thinking it's an access road like the one our hotel is on, only on the other side of the interstate. And I say out loud, seeing that the sidewalk runs out, I say out loud, I don't like the looks of that. <laughs> yeah, bro, this is really like rough terrain. <laughs> you big ogre. <laughs> so 
I'm wrestling with this whole idea of just being a light and living my life missionally. Living my life in a lamp store. And I turn the corner and I say out loud, I don't like the looks of that at all. In reference to the fact that the sidewalk runs out. And I feel like God speaks to me and he says, Matt, will you only go where there's sidewalk? Is that it? You've reached a place in your life where you'll only go where there's sidewalk now. That you've got to go, you go to the safe places. That, that, that as long as there's safety at each passage, then you'll go. You guys, right there I got convicted in my heart because I've become afraid of taking risks in the way that I live my life on a missional level. I've been playing it safe. And I got all the excuses standing at the top of the hill. Well, God, I don't know where this road leads and there's a valley down there. And what, well, what about this? And what if the sidewalk does end? And, and, you know, all of this stuff and I'm standing there and, 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 and I had just bought new shoes. And these are cool shoes. And no lie, I'm standing at the top of the hill going, God, I don't want to get my shoes dirty. And God says, Matt, is that what you're worried about? And again, remember, I'm wrestling with this whole idea of living missionally, living outside of myself, being a light in a dark world. And I'm just convicted, just standing at the top of this hill going, man, is that it? Is that what my life has become, that I'm just going to play it safe all the time? That I'll only go where it's clean? That I'm afraid to get my shoes dirty? That I might head into a valley that I don't know what's down there? I'm just... See, you guys, is it possible that comfortability in our lives can bring us to a place of complacency? It's possible, isn't it? That we get comfortable with our little job and our little life, our little to-do list, our little lamp store. So we stop taking risks. We stop going where the road might get rough. Where our shoes might get muddy. And when an opportunity does arise for an intersection with an unbeliever, we run from it rather than engage it. So two weeks ago, I'm on this prayer walk at six something in the morning and I'm looking at my life and I'm looking at this idea of living missionally. And as I'm standing at the top of that hill looking down at the sidewalk ending and not knowing where it will lead, I sense God leading me in my heart and he says, Matt, there's an intersection that I need you to experience. There's an intersection ahead on this path that I need you to experience. And here I go again, standing at the top of the hill going, but God, you don't, you don't understand. I, I can't see beyond the valley. God, I don't, I don't know how long this is going to take. I mean, I got a conference to go to. I'm, I'm at a conference trying to learn how to make little lights brighter. I got people back at the hotel who are going to be waiting on Matt and where's he at? We got to get going. We got to go to the conference to, to learn how to be better lamp stores. And God, I can't, this can't take too long. So I'm standing on the top of this hill, looking over my life. And God says, but Matt, you don't understand. There's an intersection ahead that I need you to experience. 
And see, I believe it's true for every one of us that there are intersections in our lives that God needs us to experience with an unbelieving world. And it's only as we engage this idea of living missionally, living on purpose with intentionality with the unbelieving world around us that we'll ever get there. See, we need those experiences. Why? Because they keep us sharp. It happened last night. And if you're here, girl who works at the Clark's shoe store, forgive me. And don't make known that you're here right now. But you guys... I'm standing at the Clark shoe store last night because I kind of like shoes. And I was wearing those and she actually complimented me on them. She said, oh, nice echoes. I said, yes, they are. No, I didn't say that. I said, oh, thanks for noticing. Um, I started telling her about this series. I was looking at some black shoes and my son Will was with me and he goes, I go, Will, you like these? And he goes, yeah, those look like church shoes. And they were totally not church shoes as we know, church shoes. And uh, so the girl kind of engages us in conversation. She's like, you know, well, it's funny, you know, kids' perspective. And I said, well, we have a really cool church. And so I told her, I'm like, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, you know, we're, we're starting this new series tomorrow called Arcade, and I'm going to play Pac-Man. And she's kind of looking at me like, what kind of church? <laughs> and I'm standing there scared to death to tell this girl about us. (laughs) See, it's about living on purpose. It's about us getting over the fear of the valley, getting over the fear of what's beyond the sidewalk, getting over the fear of what that intersection might look like. And I don't know because what if they ask me a question that I don't know? And what if they think this? or what? I, I don't know. But all I know is in Atlanta two weeks ago, I stood on the top of a hill and I looked down and I wrestled with God about this being intentional, about being missional in the way that I live my life. But you guys, we need these intersections. Why? Because they keep us sharp. They keep us depending on on God. They keep us on our toes. They keep us saying, God, you're my strength. You're my source. Because I don't know where this road is going to lead if I engage this person who doesn't know you in conversation. So it took off down the hill. And sure enough, the sidewalk ran out. And I did get my shoes dirty. And there was an apartment complex. There was a valley and then a little dip. And then it was like apartment complex. And then like beyond that, there was like this another big valley. And at that point, I'm, thinking, I'm watching the cars go by, you know, and I'm standing there and I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to take because, again, I'm at a conference about how to raise up little, little lamps. So I got to get back and do the deal. So I started running at one point. I'm like, so I'm running down this road. Can you imagine seeing me? So <laughs> it's not a pretty existence, but it's mine, <laughs> which would make a great title for my blog. Um, so... <laughs> MattKellerOnline.com. So, <laughs> stop. Man, my ADD is just over the edge this morning. Um, I need a vacation. <laughs> so I'm running down this road, and I see this overpass up ahead, and I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, that, that's my road. I bet that'll cut back across the interstate and back to my hotel. So I look up, and it's a railroad track. I'm like, I didn't even know there was a railroad near our hotel. What's going on? And I'm thinking, 
what do I do now? So I look beyond it, and like another hundred yards beyond it is another overpass. And I'm like, oh, that's it. That must be our road. So I run a little further, you know, and I get to this overpass. And sure enough, that was the road there. I could hear cars up there, and, and that would take me across the interstate to get back to my hotel. But the road I was standing on and that road didn't intersect. So there I stand, looking at this. Going, I have a few options. One, turn around and go the long way back the way I came. Two, become a homeless person (laughs) and just sit down. (laughs) Which in the short run would have been an easier option. In the long run would have been bad for my family. Or three, climb that. So here I stand at this intersection going, God, I cannot believe that I am living this illustration. So I take off and I climb up that thing. And it's one of those all-in deals. There's no slow way to get up one of those embankments. I know because I've climbed them. You kind of, you got to go, you know, you get your momentum and then you just kind of, you go right up. Well, at the top of that, you can see that there's, okay, these are like bushes and stuff. Those are like pricker things like briars and they were tearing all up my shirt i don't even know where my shirt is that i was wearing that day and so I'll, sure enough i climb up my sh- my shoes slipped in the mud my shoes get muddy my shirt gets prickered i got pulled on and then i emerge up there and there are cars it's like an active street can you imagine being driving in your car eating your bagel talking on your cell phone drinking coffee and see me come out of the bushes what's up atlanta <laughs> can, what what is up with my life? This is why Mike says I shouldn't spend too much time alone. <laughs> so you guys, I emerge on this street, and that's when the point of this message hits me. There's no such thing as ghosts. See, we make up excuses as to why we can't live missionally in our lives. Every single day, you and I make up excuses as to why we can't have that conversation, why we can't pray for that lost person, why we can't interact with them, why we can't have that conversation with the uncle who previously has been completely against anything spiritual in every conversation we've ever had. Why we can't interact with the lost and dying and hurting world around us who's going to spend eternity somewhere. And every single day, we make up excuses. Perhaps the greatest obstacle to living our lives in a missional way is ourselves. Because see, at the end of the day, at the end of the game, there's no such thing as ghosts. So what's the point of the Pac-Man message? It's this. If we're going to get serious about living our lives in an intentional, missional way, we have to first start with us because we can wander all over the board eating up all of the pellets and go from level to level to level in our lives but if we don't conquer the ghosts first we'll never get our initials on the roll it starts right here how do we engage the world out there right here
Where am I making excuses? Is it going to be muddy? Yeah. Is it going to be messy? Yeah. Are there going to be intersections that you have no idea how you're going to navigate through and climb? Yeah. But at the end of the day, Jesus said, we're the light of the world. That this idea of getting the word out to the whole world starts with us. So this morning as the worship team comes back, I want to ask us all a question. And the question I want to ask us is this, where do we need to get uncomfortable a little bit in order to live a little bit more intentionally in our lives? Where have we gotten comfortable in our relationship with God and with the world around us? Where do we need to get uncomfortable just a little bit in order to live a little bit more missional? Let's stand together this morning. I want us to spend some time this morning worshiping God. So we're going to close this service for the next few minutes and Ryan and the worship team are going to lead us in a song of worship. And I just want to encourage you, we need to do some business with God today. I just believe that there are many of us who are feeling like I've been feeling for the last few weeks. That we've been making up excuses, that we've been getting comfortable, that we love our lamp store, but please don't ask me to shine anywhere else, God. So this morning, I just want to encourage us as we close this service together. Let's do business with God. If you need to recommit your heart, if you need to recommit your life to Jesus, this is the moment to do that, to surrender to Him. Let's worship together. Yeah. Uh...